Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody. This is Jennifer O'Neill, and I have my co-host with me today, um, Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hello, everyone. Um, everybody should know you by now. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to introduce you completely every time because um, I think that everybody's getting to know how this works. And today's topic we are kind of excited about. We are talking about um, successfully parenting your teens. And this is a topic that we haven't addressed before. I haven't addressed before. But I get a lot, a lot, a lot of questions on this because um, – <clears throat> We both have teens. Well, actually, we both have kids in their teens and their 20s. Um, And for me in particular, I have a lot of uh, parents or families that come up to me a lot and say, I want what you have. Like, I I want this relationship with my kids like you have. And, And they are just so dumbfounded at how well our family unit works and how well the teens fit into our family and and the how it gels and how it works and um <clears throat> i get a lot of questions on you know uh what do you why do you think that is um what type of parenting techniques and we've had actually extensive conversations with even our children involved um explaining to other parents some of the things that have worked for us um what our kids think some of the things have worked for us uh, for them, and I, it's it's a learning process, but it's funny because, you know, we all raise children from very small age to up um, until they're adults, and you're, you're still parenting your children at that point, I'd imagine, and what happens is people always think that teens are the worst, but funny for me that I think I love the teens. Actually, I've loved every single stage that my kids have been in. Like, I haven't ever wished they were in another stage, but um, I love it. And people have such a hard time parenting their teens. And I find that really interesting because I actually tend to take in other teens. <laughs> like, yeah. my kids, um, I've had family members send teens to me. And um, I've had a foster child that was a teen. And they they all send them to me, and I never, ever seem to have the same problems that other people have. I've taken in many other teens, and I never have the same problems. But um, you, and, and for you, it's been a, a learning process, right? Like you started parenting one way, as we were talking about earlier, and then you sort of adapted a different parenting style, right? Yeah, and... You know what that what that was um, was me. You know when I, I had a transformation a, a couple years ago, probably like three or four years ago now. And so when I changed myself and how how I just operated, period, that that transformed into um, your parenting different, a parent a different parenting style. Right, and that changed my relationship. And when I found out, you know, there's many different tips and you know secrets to raising to raising the the teens, but that you know they um, when I realized that they are on their own journey, and there's a time where I needed to step back and allow that to happen. That was huge for me as well. Oh, and that's- for for us. 
That's as, really you know. a good point and really, really important. Um, and I think that we need to get into that topic pretty well. But I'm, I wanted to start a little bit earlier on, right before we get to that topic. Actually, it goes into that topic. It goes into that topic perfectly. Um, one of the things that I noticed, and one of the things that I did, and I parented the way that I parented because um, I learned a lot from my dad. But I, one of the things that I always had in mind when my kids were little, um, when they were two and even 18 months, two years old, um, five, ten, 15, whatever, was I, it was always in the back of my mind that I'm raising a little adult. Mm, that's excellent advice. <laughs> and I don't think people get that. They think they're raising little children. And I, I always had the concept in my mind that all the things that I do with this child, as young as they are, it forms them as an adult. So mm-hmm. it was always in my mind how I parented, how I, you know, when I put them in timeout or how I taught them lessons, it was always in my mind that, that um, I, how I was shaping them to become an adult, always. That was never, ever left my mind. And so I think because of that in particular first step from when they were young, um, that began my parenting in a whole different level um, because I was so conscious of how I was going to, alter that as they became older um, because I viewed Uh it I said I'm forming an adult I'm helping to create this adult's life and so um, I looked at things very differently that is number one And, and number two is exactly what you said as forming this little adult or having an effect on their their little adult life um was they were on their own journey but one of the things is forming a little adult that I wanted to make sure of. There were some things that I wanted my children to have, and, and, and some of them was I wanted them to be happy, um, but one of the, I wanted them to feel secure. I wanted them to be able to go out into the world <clears throat> and feel secure. So I wanted mm-hmm. to know that it was okay for them to walk up, you know, in the food court and order French fries. Um, because I'm right here watching you and nothing's going to happen and it's okay. I'm right here. You know, there, I wanted them to have a, a sense of security about them. And I wanted them to be able to make, be good choice makers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give them opportunity as they got older to make their own choices because I knew that they were not going, I was not going to be with them all the time. And I think that that's incredibly huge because um, what people do is, and me and you talked about this earlier, is they parents out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they do is they go, okay, well, you can't, like, as they get older and they're teens, you you can't go to this party because they know there's going to be drinking. And you can't go to here because you know that that friend of theirs smokes. And you can't do this because, God forbid, you know, you may want to kiss a boy or a girl or whatever. And so they <laughs> They put limits or they put them in a box. And that to me was ridiculous because these children are going to be exposed to um, drinking drugs, alcohol, sex, all of those above. They're going to be exposed to it whether you think they are, whether you don't want Mm -hmm. them, whether you tell them not to. It's going to happen. If you have a teen and you don't think this is going to happen, then um, you're living in a fantasy world and you're living in a parenting technique that's 
probably not very effective. So you assume that this is going to happen. And what I did was before any of these things happened, <clears throat> what I did was I made sure that I gave my children choices or outs is what I like to call them. So, for instance, when they were teens, um, I would explain to them, I would allow them to go to the parties, and I would, I had a running open communication system with them where I built this level of trust. So let's just say um, they were 14 years old and they wanted to go to a party and they said, I'm going to a party. And I'd be like, well, the parent's going to be there. And at this point we had adapted enough communication to where um, they would, sometimes they'd say, no, they're not going to be there. And I'd be like, okay, because the funny thing is by this time, I had trust, I trusted my teens more than I trusted a lot of their friends as parents. Mm. Some of their friends as parents were crazy. They'd buy, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, they'd drink and drive, they'd um, mm. buy them alcohol, they would, you know, do all these things. So what I would do is I, I, I trusted my kids enough that I was okay. If they were okay being at home, I was okay with them being somewhere else without parental supervision, and this is why. Because I would explain to them all of, like, different situations of alcohol um, what hard alcohol does to your system, how it basically poisons your body, and that's how you get into the state that you get where you can't remember. Um, I would talk about how beer versus hard alcohol, how much of a difference that there was, and you had to wait an hour per shot or an hour per beer. And I would explain to them, I'm not condoning you drinking at all, but I don't want you to have your friends telling you different information. And if you ever choose to drink because I can't be with you, that, um, you know, you call me if you need a ride. You absolutely don't get in the car with anybody. Um, you know, I would go through the whole scenarios. And so what I did is I would set them up with all of the information of all the facts of what alcohol would do to your system, what certain drugs would do to your system, what um, smoking would do to your system. And I would I would tell them, you know, I can't be with you. This is a choice you're going to have to make and, and hopefully – um, this is what I would like you to do. I don't want you to do this until you're this age. I don't want you to do this, and here's why. Here's what. Here's some facts, and here's some of my own personal experiences of people that I knew and things that have happened to them. Um, but if you choose a different route, here's you. I expect that you be responsible, and you don't ride with anybody. You don't do these things. And so I have to tell you a story, and then I'm going to let you chime in. So one day, um, my daughter was. God, she was 13, maybe, 12 or 13, and she was at a friend's house, at a slumber party, and um, it, she, it was like midnight, and me and my husband were out at, at my aunt's house because there was a event that we were doing with my family or something, and so we were driving home, and my phone rings, and I'm driving, and my, and my husband answers the phone, and he says, um, and it's Jessica, um, and she's crying. She's crying on the other end. And um, she's like, where's mom? And he's and immediately he's ready to hunt down somebody and hurt them because he's sure that something has happened that he must, you know, be involved in. And uh -huh. He's really upset. And she, she's like, uh, he's like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, nothing. I just want to talk to mom. And so um, he's freaking out. Now I'm freaking out a little because I'm like, Jesus, why is everybody freaking? And so I said, you know, hi, what's wrong? And she's like, well, my friends are all over here and um, th they're smoking. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, 
And they want me to go outside, and I'm like, okay. And she's like, and I don't want to. And she starts <laughs> there. And I said, okay. So she had called me without them knowing. And I said, okay, uh-huh. you can do. Um, I I love your choice. And, and if you want an out to your friends, um, you just tell them that you're allergic to cigarette smoke, and, and you'll get very sick if you smoke. <laughs> It's actually the truth. When my kids were around cigarette smoke, um, they would get extremely nauseous to the point of throwing up. So, um, and she and, it, and she was just like, oh, okay. And she thought through it, and that's what she did. And she ended up not smoking. And you know, you give them some outs. Sometimes you have to. If your if your children are going to a, a party or somewhere, and, and and they're being peer pressured, what I did with my children is I gave them some outs. Of uh, we had signs and signals or different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would call them. Be like, nope, time to come home. You know, you give them signals. You give them a way out. So um, yeah, and that's thank like now. Thank God for texting because you know sometimes my daughters will text me and say, "Can you call me until I have to come home?" Or you know something. You know if they if they if they don't um, can't figure out you know a, a way out of something, but a situation um, or peer pressure. Yeah, yeah, but at this. Point, at this point they're in their old. lives, you, they're yeah. older, and they can, you know, we've instilled, you know, uh, great techniques to get out of things <laughs> now. Right. But going back to what you were saying before and in, in giving the kids the out and having that open communication, um, I'm so lucky to have that with my girls, that open communication. And I think that that came from... In the very, very beginning, when they started telling me things or talking about stuff, I I never reacted. I never, you know, kind of freaked out about anything. We, you know, we heard them out. We talked through things. And we have great open communication. Oh, my God. And, that's huge. You know, I have to yeah. tell you, because did you ever have your girls? I actually had this happen to me before, where my girls or my my girls. See, it was all my daughter's friends that I call my girls. Yeah. I have one daughter, but um, what would happen is they'd come home, and like, or my daughter, or or the group of them, and they would want to discuss, um, you know, uh, um, like sex or different things of that nature, and they would say things to me that I'd be like, oh my god, don't, oh my god, don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out, because. I wanted to make sure, you know, in my own head, I'm just like, oh, don't, don't do that. Because I wanted to make sure that they um, were still comfortable asking me questions if they had issues and not just assuming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and also going back, the, you talk about, you know, parenting without fear. I used to parent that way. (laughs) You know, I used to parent like, well, what if she does this, or what if this happens, or what if you know something happens here, and and I was so overly protective over my girls that, of course, it did not, it was not good, <laughs> and I didn't want them, you know, to spend the night anywhere. I didn't want, you know, anything. And it's, I think, the hardest thing as a parent, one of the hardest things is to let go and trust. Oh, yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. even even um, 
even in, in, in touchy subjects or situations like when my children were little, of course, I wouldn't let them stay with anywhere I was uncomfortable when they were little or I wouldn't let them stay at, you know, um, uh, places that I didn't know the people or any of that. But, you know, I did always talk to them about, <clears throat> um, you know, it, you know, other people being in their personal space and stuff like that. That was always oh, a, yeah. that was something Absolutely. I was very concerned of them understanding so we would go over that but then at the same point I wouldn't let them stay anywhere I was uncomfortable either and like that we didn't have you know good communications with our parents when they were little but they still needed to know this when they're big because when they're they're teenagers they're staying places that you um that they're not necessarily how do I want to say you don't know where they're they are you know or like you know where they are but you don't know who the parents are Mm -hmm. so you know there's you just don't know teen parents is as much as you know when they're little, and no, so that, that's that's very very true. And especially, I especially as the teens get, you know, they drive, they have their own cars. We may never even meet the, the parents. I have no, we don't know right. the, these other parents. And at our home, we have an open door policy. I, Krista doesn't, or Nika, you know, my girls, they do not have to ask, you know, if anybody can can come to the house yeah. because just, I pretty they, much know all of their friends. We did but the same if, thing. You know, yeah. we have curfew, and if you're going to stay the night here, you have to adhere to the curfew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anything, if you do anything, you know, it's, of course, my responsibility to, you know, talk to whoever I need to talk to if there's anything, you know, that needs to be discussed. But but um, having that, you know, the, the other parents, it's, it's like, oh, they, it's not, you know, we don't need to call them and, and you know, where are you? who's going to be home, you know, type thing. We have to, you know, just kind of stepping back because I have a a (laughs) 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. And so it's, you know, it it was was hard for me to get to that that stage of trusting of, you know, mom, the parents are going to be home or or whatever. Um, But uh, that's a hard thing to do is to let go, to let go and and trust. But um, for, for us, since... You know, the girls were little, and for any parent out there, I would highly, highly recommend that they remind the kids of their intuition, their instincts. Oh, because yeah. That was, doesn't feel right. That, that was, You know, that feeling you get. I had girls 16 years old just last year. They said, "What? what what's intuition? What is, you know, what is, and I, you know, I'm explaining, gut feeling, instincts, and, and she this was all news to her, and and so we talked about it. You know, we talked about what that feels like, what it may feel. You know, you kind of, your heart may start to pound, or you just feel uneasy, or, you know, you may feel like a funny feeling in your stomach. You just feel it in your body. You have to to listen to that. Yeah, that gut feeling. That is a huge point, which um, I did with my kids that I had forgotten about, actually. Um, But, of course, my children are... Um, because that I am psychic, they are highly sensitive. Um, you know, one's a medium, one's a high sensitive. So they actually kind of grow up with that. But you're right. When they were teens and even with their friends, I would remind them if you ever get in a situation that doesn't feel right or you feel funny about getting into that car for whatever reason, I don't even care what the reason is, even if it seems safe, if you feel weird about it, you text me, you call me. That's just the rule. I will question. And the other thing is, 
to have that policy with your children of if you are going to drink somewhere, even if you say you're not going to and you're not a drinker, no matter what time it is, no matter where you're at, you do not drive, you get into you do not get into a car and you call or text me, I will not get mad at you for making that good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the things. But the other thing too is I love the intuition, especially um I think girls really need to use that more because um sometimes they get in situations with dating or guys or, you know, boyfriends or whatever that I really have taught a lot of young teen girls to really pay attention to that intuition when it comes to going on dates or putting themselves on one-on-one situations with boyfriends. That's huge, huge for that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think that people don't realize with teens is, especially when they're 16 or 17, they're going to be legally out of the house and responsible for themselves in one to two years, period. There is no way to shift or change that. And you don't, I, I cannot believe the amount of 16-year-olds or 17-year-olds that I have seen that are not even remotely prepared to live on their own when they're 18, but they do because they want to get the heck out of the house so that they can have their own life and make their own decisions and make their own choices and not feel like they're being regulated so hard. And so that's another thing that I think that parents forget and don't acknowledge that in one to two years, this child in one to two years has to have enough. For me, I wanted them to have enough choice-making experience under their belt, enough um, confidence in themselves under their belt to be a productive adult and be able to live on their own if that's what they choose to do at 18. At 18, a lot of kids move away to college. And at 18, I've seen a lot of my friends go crazy. Most of the kids that went to my high school when I was younger, when we became 18, I mean, I had more freedom and and more of an open communication with my dad. And so um, I felt like a pretty good adult by the time I was 18. I Nothing was... Like, oh, drinking, oh, parties, you know, I had been around it, made good choices and bad choices, whatever. And um, but the girls um, who I knew that were very repressed or or guarded and you can't go here, you can't go there. They were crazy in college. They drank themselves silly. They got they were, you know, they got in promiscuous situations. They um, they they acted like they had been caged for a long time and and I never wanted my kids to be like that. I wanted them to be more I guess every it wasn't I think you get yourself into a situation where you're setting yourself up for trouble if you don't talk to them about things that become alluring to them. You know? Yeah. Alcohol or drugs or any of those things cuz all the oh, other yeah. Exactly, because now, you know, with everything that's on TV, it's just, it's it, it's almost like it's desensitized. These things, right. you know, sex, drugs, alcohol, it's almost like desensitized because it's so prevalent on television. Everything they watch and, and, and everything. So as parents, we have to communicate, you know, we have to communicate these these things and have the the outs, as you say. Listen to you know your instincts and and just you know raise them like you say. Yeah, you know that eighteen man that comes so fast. <laughs> so we need you know we'd be doing a disservice if we're not you know preparing them and and making 
you know, choices. And, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And um, one of my dear friends had said, you know, at, at least, you know, they make mistakes in your own home. So you can pick them back up, you know, dust them off. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, gosh, it, it doesn't have to be such a bumpy road as people make it think that it is exactly yeah. like oh my god like almost some people think teens is a, is is you know just dark ages and it's really not it's really well, not you just we have to communicate with with our teens i think that that's a very good point it doesn't have to be as difficult as people make it and where they make it difficult is because they want to control the choice making and they want their children, none of their children, to do drugs, alcohol, or have sex, or smoke, or anything until they're, like, in their 20s or 20. Okay, great. I didn't either. Nobody does. But um, the, it's it's a un, very unrealistic because, let's face it, most of the parents that want that for the children didn't do that either. Most of those parents did things in high school and made mistakes and learned and whatever. Now, um, my children... What I did with them when they turned 16, but it was similar to how I was parented, and I do not recommend this for everybody, absolutely not, but with my kids it worked because we had already established a boundary system, and my kids were already showing pretty good responsibility um, and and good choice-making by this point. Um, But when they turned 16, I decided to not give them a curfew. And the reason I did that is because I knew they were two years from moving out, And I wanted them to be more responsible with their choices, but I also wanted them to notice that not all this really cool stuff happens after you think, because that seemed to be an argument with a lot of um, parents and teens about how, why can't I stay out till two? Why can't I stay out till three? Whatever, you know? And they seem to think like this whole nightlife thing happens when they're at home at curfew at midnight, which is hilarious. So the first night, that I had let my daughter go out. She'd turned 16. And my rule was you check in every hour on the hour, period, past a certain time. I think it was like 11 or whatever. You let me know where you're going if you change any places that you're going. You know, if you're saying you're going to one person's house and you go somewhere else, you let me know. Um, You also, uh, if I call you for any reason and you do not pick up your cell phone, that's instant revulsion of having no um, curfew. Like if I were to call them and they didn't pick up, done. Now you have a curfew. That's it, period. And um, there was no moving on that. Like I'm not even kidding. I need to be able to get a hold of you. You check in with me. You let me know where you're at. And it was hilarious because the first night that she did not have a curfew, she was home at 10. And (laughs) I was laughing because, I mean, I was sick to my stomach when she left the house. I was just like, oh, my God, I I don't think I can do this. I was felt like I was going to throw up. But I was trying to allow her to start making choices. And, and uh, she walked in the door at 10, and I thought she came back to get something. And, no, she was in for the night. I'm like, what are you doing? And she said, well, nothing's going on, and everybody had to go home at 10. And I was like, inside, I was like, yes, I was so happy. Yeah. Um, well, that's another That's another thing, you know, curfews. and That's another thing of every household, every home has their own set of rules. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you know what, what works for someone else may not work for another family, and that's, you know, you know, parents should not judge other parents for making certain choices. Oh, people thought that I, 
still do. If I tell them that my kids stopped having a curfew at 16, they just are dumbfounded. It was, but I always knew where they were. I always knew what they were doing. And it almost created an error with my kids. Is my kids always wanted to drive um, and, and be in control of where they were going. So they never wanted to drink or anything because they always wanted to drive. And um, I'm not naive. The minute my kids would get home, I made them come to me and I would do an eye check with them at the door and I would um, talk with them a few minutes so I could sum up if, if if I was being told the truth because I know they were my kids, but when you're 16 and whatever, you tend to try to pull one over on your parents every now and again. Um, with the driving, I've never, ever had an issue, ever, never have had an issue with them driving with anything. Um, I remember one time my daughter getting pulled over at 2 a.m., I think, and um, she was driving some people around. A few of them had been drinking, but she hadn't because she doesn't. My kids are not big into drinking, although they're way older now. And um, the cop could not believe she she was so mad. She called me and was like, he made me take a breathalyzer. He didn't believe that I was drinking. <laughs> like, she was upset. And I said, you need to understand, uh, most children that are out at 2 a.m., are drinking, you know, they, mm-hmm. that's very rare that you weren't. And he gave her attitude, made her take it twice. It was hilarious. And so I just thought that that was amazing that she was, um, you know, doing everything that she said she was going to. And, and she, I said, you don't be mad, be understanding. And the other thing I had to talk to my kids about if, if you're not giving them a curfew also is, um, you know, there's a lot of drunk drivers on the road at 2 a.m. And that's when it, it was a fear of mine. And it was something I told them, you know, I don't care. If there's one other car on the road. You assume that person's drunk and you stay very clear out of their way if they're because most people are drunk on the road at that time. So I would ask them and, and express my concern around mostly if you're going to be out. And what they would do mostly is they'd be at somebody's watching a movie. You know, they wouldn't be out uh-huh. driving often they would be out watching a movie or out at somebody's house doing something and that's really what they were doing and then Uh there were situations that they got into because we had such a open communication i remember her going to one of her friend's house and everybody snuck out but her and one other girl because she didn't care because it wasn't that big a deal because she didn't really have a curfew and she didn't want to go do what they were doing and so her mom called me because the mom of the girl's house she stayed at because the mom caught all the girls and um, found it very shocking that my daughter and this other girl was still there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so they all got busted except for them. And she, Jessica was just like, yeah, it's, it wasn't that exciting for me. Like, it wasn't like I didn't really care to go. I was tired. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand that your kids are very close to moving out if you know they're around that age and like you said what works for what worked for us i wouldn't do that with all children um i would only do that with children in my personal opinion even the ones that i teenagers that i've gotten into my house i only worked with them on their individual basis and on how much respect that they had earned how much i could tell that they were telling the truth to me um that bond that you kind of create with your kids you know mm-hmm. and so that and the other thing that I think we should talk about is um, I think that w- what we were saying is where parents give themselves trouble is because they're trying to control, control, control the outcome of their children. And so the other thing that they argue with their children about, I've noticed, um, is about what they're going to do after 
they got out of high school or what their interests are while they're in high school. If they're interested in playing music, if they're interested in designing clothes, if they're interested in, I don't know, just traveling the world for a year. People tend to take that personally like their child is some type of failure if they don't just choose to go to college. It, they, they think it becomes a reflection on themselves. Don't you, I mean, you know that, right? Like, we've talked about that, don't you think? Yeah. 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 I think, it's, it's, again, different strokes, you know. <laughs> it's some, some, you know, they just, well, a lot of, lot of kids right now are, teens or young adults are going off to community college and then transferring um, now. And, you know, some, you know, my daughter started community college and she got she got a job and, you know, bought herself a car and she's not really sure what she wants to do. And, you know, she's she's on her own. She's 20 years old. Well, she's, she's here still, which is good, but she's, um, you know, these are choices that she's making. And, for us, we just want to make sure that she follows through and finishes what she started. So, you know, that's that's where we're at with 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 her. Um, but there's, you know, if there's a, a student that's in in high school and you know doing well, and the next step is you know off to college, then yeah, you know, whatever it is your kid wants to do, the parents you know do support them. Um, but if they decide, you know what, I don't, I'm not sure what I want to do, and I'm just going to, you know, community college and work for a while, that's that's fine as well. That's 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 well, great. You said something that I think was important was is you just wanted to see her happy, and right now, oh yeah, her finding herself. You're noticing mm-hmm. she's happy right now. She's figuring out yeah. the things that she likes to do because what, like we were talking about, I don't think I think it's very unrealistic for 18-year-olds to know what they want to do for the rest of their life. I really, really do. Because most people go to do something at 18 and they end up doing something else when they're 40 or 30 or something. So you were, you know, and you notice that she's happy, right? Like um, she's figuring figuring herself out and you're Mm -hmm. giving her a little bit of time to kind of figure out what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And she's paying for her car and she's being respectful and responsible and you have a really good relationship. She has no responsibilities, no children. Um, You know, that's amazing. All those things are amazing. And do you feel that people judge you because of that? Um, No, I don't feel that. I don't. don't. That's good. And and I love that you don't seem like you care. And that yeah. it's not a reflection of who you are because you, I know from talking to you and, and I think it comes across on here that you think she's amazing and spectacular and you think the world of her. And that is, uh, and that she's successful in your eyes because she's happy and that she'll figure out her own way given time. And I think that that's amazing as a parent because I think that that's really, really hard for um, people to take that stance that you've taken. And, um, I love it that you do that. And your other daughter, does she know what she wants to do? She <laughs> is out of here. No. <laughs> she says, I'm out of here. <laughs> she wants to go uh, up to Santa Barbara. And, um, you know, right now they're, they're, she doesn't know what she wants to do. Well, actually, let me take that back. 
she's thinking right now she wants to be an event planner. So having the background of photography that I have and shooting, you know, several weddings, I put her in touch with certain event planners to see, you know, what, what she needs, what can she do, and things like that. So she kind of has an idea of what she wants to do and being extremely the social person that she is, I think that would be a great fit for her. And, you know, same thing, though. She wants to do community college, but she wants to do it up in Santa Barbara <laughs> for some reason. And, um, and you know, she's... Uh, little, she sounds like your little explorer. You, me and you are very like... Yeah. My older yeah. wants to be... She just graduated from um, as a fashion designer from uh, design school, and she likes to be near us. My younger one, he's out. Like, he's like, see ya. I'm, I got to go travel the world. I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to Brazil. I'm going to do all these things, right? Yeah. And she, you're in similar situation as I am. And yes. I have yes. that story because that's this is another thing. Um, all that me and my husband has ever wanted for our children, we've raised them to do this, which I'm glad we have. Otherwise, I guess that would have made me a hypocrite being that I've written all those books. Um, but one of the things that I've always wanted for my children is I wanted them to figure out what it is that they love, and I want them to do that. And I think that that's one of the most important gifts that you can give your kids ever is to help them figure out what it is they love, um, let them you know try different sports or ch- different classes, and once they find their passion, don't judge them, don't tell them how they cannot pursue it, don't tell them how much money they cannot make at it, you just support them and, and really let them develop that gift in whatever area it is. Now, if that area is something that you need to go to college for, awesome, wonderful, and you help them figure out how to get into the right college for them, etc. If it's something they don't need to go to college for, awesome, wonderful, and help them learn in another way. So, for instance, my daughter, um, her her passion was always fashion and fashion design we lived in an area that she couldn't do that we moved to hawaii she could do it here she went and got her degree she needed to have a degree to do this to get more experience under her belt etc um that's amazing and wonderful my son on the other hand he has been an athlete his whole entire life you don't really go to school to become an athlete you can go to school to become a personal trainer which he is certifying in but one of his passions is um, MMA, which I've talked about before, which is not my favorite thing, and it's not what I would choose for him as a parent because, well, let's face it, you're, they're fighting other people. Who wants their kids to be fighting with people, right? You know, it's like, oh my God, they like get hurt their face, their fingers. Um, and so, but it's his passion. He's a mixed martial artist. He's trained in it for four years. He has stuck to it. He absolutely loves it, and. He graduated a year early from high school because he's very advanced, and he is now moving to California to pursue MMA. He is going to be a mixed martial artist. He is going to fight MMA style, I guess. So, But we are supporting with it, him with this 110%. And um, my husband just said to me this morning that he wanted to help pay for his training Um because he considers that, he says to me, you know, it's kind of like we paid for Jessica's college for her to go to school. Um, I want to make sure that we pay for his training for a certain amount of years because um, mm-hmm. it's like him going to college, right? And I said, well, I guess, right. you know, and yeah. I, 
yeah, I guess you are right. That's really awesome that you feel that way. And we've talked about it. But anyways, he was on an airplane one day, and he was talking to this woman who was like 57 next to him or something. She was an older lady. And um, they were talking about their children. And he, and he was talking about my our kids and our family. And um, she's like, what do they do? And he says, you know, about Jessica and her design stuff. She's like, oh, that's really cool. And um, Jake, and he's going to – he's a mixed martial arts artist, and he's going to be an MMA. And she's like, what? And she says – well, what is he going to do to put food on the table? And people, when I tell them that that's what he's going to do, because this kid is amazingly smart, like I said, he graduated a year early, um, they are—they don't know what to say. They're, they're too mm-hmm. shocked to even wrap their mind around it. We're extremely proud of him. He's worked very hard for four years. He's made it on um, Chris Levin's fight team here in Hawaii. He's He's very gifted at this, and and let's face it, there's people in the world that are gifted at MMA that make money at it, that that's their career, and that's what he's choosing for now. He has no children. Um, he's took a summer job and or you know a, a job in the spring and saved up enough money to live off of for a year, and that's what he's going to do. But it's interesting. Uh, people look at me and my husband very, very weird. Um, when we tell them that, and I, I they they're not happy about it. Isn't it funny? They're not happy about well, what think, children are doing. <laughs> well, and that's their own problem for one. But I think that it's because MMA UFC is still kind of new to some people, and so they're not really um, they don't understand this is this can be a career. It can be a career. So, and I mean, good for your son for pursuing that dream. Good for you guys for supporting that, you know, and not everything, yeah, um, requires a a degree. And as your husband said, you know, you had to help your, your daughter in college and now your son for his training. This is like, you know, hands-on training. And right. these, you know, these this day and age, there's several things that you can do that, you know, either require hands-on training or, you know, trade school. There's just so many things. There's so many options and opportunities for people these days. Right. They train. Teens and adults. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they train. Like, even the kids that go into the Olympics, they train for many, many hours. They don't necessarily go to college. And, um, you know, if anybody knew my son, he, he trains a ridiculous amount of time during the day. And that's what he's going to continue to do. And, you know, people just, the point I think of this too is support your children and their passion. Don't don't judge them for what their passion is. I think that that's one of the worst mistakes you can make with your teens. I think that's how you can shut part of who they are down because your passion comes within your soul. It comes within your heart. It comes with, with a, a desire that is so strong in your in your soul. And if you nourish that, if you if you nourish that in your children, if you nourish that in yourself, what happens is everything starts to sync up. You start to vibrate at a very high level. Um, you know, like I said, you're at a seven, eight, nine. You as you begin to vibrate on a very hard high level, um, law of attraction kicks in. Money is easier. Life becomes easier. Your health is so good when you follow your passion, like happiness. And it's all just thinks up very nicely. But one of the mistakes that people do in their own life and do with their children is they shut people up down, judge them for what their passion is. And 
well, you can't make money at that. And how are you going to support your family at this? And what are you going to do with that? And, um, you know, they tell them all these ways that they can't. So people become discouraged and think that they can't do it or that they're going to make everybody else unhappy and displease them by doing it. So they shut their own passion down. And what that ha what happens is it becomes like a wilted flower. Your soul begins to wilt you're you're not you're not nourishing your soul anymore and when that happens and you go into jobs that you hate and whatever your your health becomes affected your happiness becomes affected high blood pressure um depression um all these things manifest in a physical manner and so i think that that's very harmful um for you to do with your teens and for you as a parent, as an adult, and, and, and many parents can probably look back in their own life and see where that has potentially happened to them. Um, did you ever, did you know you wanted to be a photographer? Like, how did your parents, like, how did, it, with your teenage years and how you became who you were, how did that unfold for you? Uh, yeah, I always knew I wanted to um, be a photographer. I Going way, way back, um, my brother and I, when we were young, he had one of those Kodak instant cameras that you that you stick the flash bulbs on top of it. Oh, that's and awesome. he didn't know, yeah, he didn't know how to use it, so he threw it in the trash. And I was going on a whale watching trip with my class, and I remembered he had thrown his camera in the trash, so I took it out of the trash, took it on the whale watching trip, got some great pictures, and that is what fueled my passion, my desire. And, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, you know, I was supported by, you know, uh, parents got me a camera, and um, it just kind of took off. It took off so from there. They were and very supportive of you, mm -hmm. your, your parents. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really amazing and awesome. Um, I, and I have been professionally reading as a psychic. My... Um, uh, parents or my mother mostly had expected me to go to college when I was at a very young age and it was they I couldn't go to college for anything I was interested in and that's where I formed my opinion of college my personal opinion where college isn't for everybody and you know I still have student loans from college that um for something I don't use even remotely it was not any of my interest and so you can imagine when I started becoming a psychic um and, and even a writer the people look at me like they just, I, that I, people I've known like my whole life and, and some of my even distant family members are just like, they don't think it's a real job. They're, <laughs> they're like, um, yeah, that's not like, I mean, what, no, but what do you do? I'm like, no, but this is what I do. Like, <laughs> this, yeah. this is, they don't really get it. And so it's kind of interesting to me. But well, I think um, even, I, again, Job, just jobs, what we do, our careers, that's all changing. That's It is know, changing, and it's changing in the future. And right. it's a lot in the future. I've been doing some talks on that, and we really should probably do a show on that. Um, because what used to be the way that jobs were structured and the way that um, uh, the world worked as far as income is not going to be the same in the future. And I psychically see many things changing on how people bring about income. And so they need to adapt to a different way in, in a more creative way. It's not going to be corporate. It's not going to be structured so much anymore. It's going to go to a different way. If you depend on corporate and structure, um, I think that anybody who depends on that area for their work is going to be 
um, getting laid off a lot. I think that they're going to find a hard time getting jobs. I think that they're going to be cutting salaries. I think that they're going to be cutting benefits. I think that they're really going to make those work camps. And so you, if you don't want to be subjected to a work camp, I think that you're going to have to adapt to a different lifestyle. And I think, to tell you the truth, I don't think that's a lot of anybody's passion to work in that type of corporate cubicle stuff. So I think it's really forcing people out of their box to find out what it is that their true love is, you know, what it is that their passion is. But one other thing that I want to address before we go is, um, and I don't know what your opinion is on this, so it'll be interesting. The other thing that um, I used to work in a dentist office many, many years ago. I was, um, I while I was doing readings, I'd work in a, as a dental assistant, and it was hilarious. Um, for some reason, you must have a talk to me sticker on your forehead because everybody would come in during um, their sessions and tell me everything about their families. It was like, I was thinking, you don't even know me. Like, this is strange, but okay. So anyways, one of the times that they would talk the most and be most upset is school shopping. When they would have to go before school to help their children pick out clothes, they that would make people crazy. They would be yeah. like, and my kid tried to pick out this outfit and that outfit. And it was shocking to me how much that bugged parents. How um, And for me in particular, because I remember when I was younger, my mother always wanted me to dress. She only would buy me things that she liked. So if there was anything that I liked and my style was very different from hers, um, I had to get a job and buy my own clothes. And so that's what I did. Um, and I noticed these parents arguing with their children and, and you know, and then all over haircuts and hair color. And um, same with that happened to me when I was younger. And they don't allow one of the easiest ways that um, that children, teens have to be, be individual or to have a personality or to have that come through because they're structured by so many rules at school and by parents and that is through their dress and through their haircuts and in the way that they style themselves they have control over that and so they become very creative and their personality comes out in their styles and um, parents hate that and they want to shut it down and they want to they don't want their kid to have creativity they want them to be dressed the way that they're comfortable with them dressing now i don't think that they should go out of the house you know, wearing bikinis or anything, but, you know, what's your opinion on that? Uh, well, I don't think that that ever really goes away. You know, I think that, the, that yes, absolutely me being an artist myself and being extremely creative, um, you know, it's, um, I we give creative freedom to our girls as well. Um, but, yeah, there's certain things, even, you know, even now, I'll say, you know, babe, can you maybe button one more button on your top, <laughs> you know, yeah. or something, you know, because you don't, it's, yeah, I think that is just, it's always going to be, as far as buying the clothes, you know, at this, at this age, um, buying their I own. don't, I don't buy their clothes anymore, right. or, or it's just mom, I'm going shopping, you know, can I have uh, some clothing allowance, right. um, but going back, yeah, it was a struggle, or you know, it was a struggle and, and you know, they had their clothes and it's like you can do everything from lay out the clothes the night before to only have what you want them to wear in there, but it's going to be a struggle. And so it goes back to pick your battles. Right. Pick exactly. your battles. Exactly. Yeah. 
my daughter. Your battles, that was a huge thing for us. When you say that, I, I have a flashback to my daughter, and this is hilarious. She would change like six times a day, like when she was six and seven and eight. And it got to the point where I didn't need, you know, it it was a battle to battle her not to change. So I, I made a deal as long as she just folded up her pants because they never got dirty, right? As long as she folded up her pants and dresses and put them back, um, she could change as many times as she wished. Well, go figure. She's a fashion designer, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I should have seen that coming like a million years ago because she also had like a million pair of shoes at six. Like she wanted one in every color and they'd be cheap shoes, like five bucks or something, but it's hilarious. Now my son, on the other hand, um, you know, I, he wanted a tattoo at 16 and I had rules against, uh, getting tattoos at 16. But for some reason I knew he, he was a different child. He would, um, he would he would make a decision and he would always stick to it like it, he would become passionate about it and it would become a he put a lot of thought into it a lot of thought and so he ended up getting a leg tattoo at 16 and now he has one on his back well he's over 18 now but um he loves his tattoos uh he has a mohawk and his newest thing is um he's gauging his ears and i don't know if anybody knows what that <laughs> is but he's his He's decided to make the holes in his ears bigger to where he's going to put these jaguar claws in there. And I'm like mm-hmm. laughing. And, of course, my husband hates this idea for it and, uh, because he would never do it. And, and, and one day he was just like, why? You're not really doing that. Seriously, are you really doing that? And it's funny because we're very open parents. And I and he goes, why would you want to do that? Um, and he said something to him. And I looked at my husband and I said, just because you would never want to do that doesn't mean that happens doesn't fit him very well and it actually fits him it fits his personality he under he's obviously never going to work a nine-to-five job that's not who he is um but we're allowing him to be who he is but what he is is he's 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 respectful of his body he doesn't like to drink and smoke and um or do any type of drugs he's he's a he's an athlete he's respectful of his sister and he's uh, an amazing son. He would drop anything to help anybody. Um, he has this crazy, wonderful personality, just like my daughter. Um, but she fits more of a stereotype of what people would like to have as a child. My son stands out more as um, something that people would look at him and probably be like, why do you let him put jaguar claws in his ears? <laughs> well, that goes back to, you know, people not judging, Yeah, you know. Appearances and such. So, yeah, and so it's just uh, we, uh, you know, when he decided to do it, I'd be like, you know, your ears are never going back to normal, right? Just so you know. And he'd be like, I've researched this, mom, and I've researched that. He's quite a little researcher, so you know, you have to. But at this point, he's eighteen. You know, what are you going to do? So, uh, he's amazing. He's handsome. She's amazing and handsome, but or beautiful. But you have to allow them their own identity, and that's how people define themselves. They define themselves through their hair and their tattoos and their dress, and um, they're not gonna adapt our own, you know, style. They're not gonna adapt. Everybody's your children are not always gonna make you comfortable in the way that they choose to present themselves, as uncomfortable as in that's what you would wear. But that doesn't mean they're not very comfortable in their own skin and what they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm not talking about, I, like I said, I'm not talking about them going out wearing, like, whips and chains and stuff. Like, I would have a problem with that. But um, <laughs> I'm talking about just expressing themselves in colors or different cuts or yeah, haircuts. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's really good to um, 
support that creative expression in the teens. Um, right. You know, within reason, within reason. Right. And um, I love, I love that you support that. You know, he has tattoos, a mohawk, and he wants to put gauges in. You know, that's and that's. I mean, welcome well, to California. You know, that's. <laughs> think about it. You no, know? The, think about it. What's the alternative? You be pissed. Yeah. Or, you know, every time you see them. It's a creative expression. It's a creative yeah. expression. And, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes hard. You know, it's hard as, as a parent. Maybe you don't, you don't, I can I can just hear certain parents now saying, oh, I would never want my son to do that or I never want my daughter to do that. And, and you know, um, I was same way. Um, my daughter, my blonde haired daughter wanted to dye her hair jet black. And I said, oh, my gosh, no. You know, that's that's a little too drastic for me. Can we maybe do something else? Can we, <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, I said that's that's quite a commitment. <laughs> and, you know, so um, she ended up actually with highlights. <laughs> but, um, and then my other daughter, uh, you know, she wanted a tattoo. She, you know, and she, I don't know, she, dad has tattoos, you know, and so... Um, she, when she turned 20, she did. She got one that was meaningful for her and, you know, in an area that, um, you know, that, that it, up, you know, upper back shoulder area. Just, just, a, just a beautiful bird and has meaning. And, and uh, you know, it's at, at, that, at that age, 20, what can I say? You well, know, it's I, her body. You've made some good points. Pick your battles. You've said that a couple times. Pick your battles. And I think that if we can end on anything that's a good note to end on is to pick your battles. Don't parent with fear is huge. Um, don't mm-hmm. parent with fear because you will push them to what you're fearing is going to happen. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Um, and to pick your battles because, um, you know, you, even if your daughter had done her hair jet black, the thing is I don't love my kid any less. Um, what is important to me is that they're respectful of us, that um, we're res- we're respectful of them, that we have a good relationship, that they're happy, um, that that the family unit gels really nicely, that they have a goal. Like my big thing with my son was um, even if he and we had this discussion about college because he was going to go to college, he decided he wanted to do MMA. Um, my big thing with him was if you're not going to go to college, you I want you to have a goal of something you're pursuing. And I want you to pursue it with all your might, whatever it is. I'll support you in it. I don't care what it is, but it must be something. So for me, my personal things are that they're happy, that they're respectful, that they don't lie to me, that we have a good communication, and that they're pursuing something, not just sitting on the couch, but they're pursuing something in their life that's meaningful to them. And as long as they're pursuing it 110%, I'm good. You know, I don't care what your dress is or your hair is. I don't care about any of that stuff. As long as you're happy and we're all getting along good. And um, how about you? What are What's important to you? You know, I'm hearing parents who have uh, kids who are just turning uh, 13, 14, 15. And I always tell them, do not take anything personally. You know, they're going to, you're going to think you have a completely different person living with you, but they are just, you know, they're growing up, they're spreading their wings, do not take anything personally, and disengage. You you cannot yell, you cannot argue with them, you have to disengage, 
when it's calm, then, you know, get back to communicating and listen. And I asked my daughter this morning, I said, if you had something to tell other parents, what would it be? And she said that parents listen to the teenagers. Listen. So, listen. Just yeah, that, listen. that's just, huge. That's mm-hmm. actually um, what my son had said when, when we were talking to the last person, and he said, my parents have always listened to me. Like, mm-hmm. And we didn't just listen, though. We listened as in we let we let his voice have some weight to it, you know? Exactly. If they want to be heard. They just want to be heard, and, you know, and we can do that after we disengage. Everybody, you know, if there's arguing, disengage, let it calm down, then get back to communicating. You have to, have to keep communication open. And if there's anything, if there's, like, any major, major problems, you know, then get some outside help. You know, right. if that doesn't right. work for for the family, right? And so I think that we've made some very good points and um, a lot of stuff that people can start with for sure. Definitely uh, check out Debbie's website. It's ilovebloomies dot com, um, and you can fa- add her to your Facebook or Twitter. I know that you do a lot of Twitter. Well, you do mm-hmm. a lot of both. You know, I did a poll. I have to say it's really interesting. I did a poll with my Twitter and my Facebook people of what do you like better, Twitter or Facebook. All my Facebook people said Facebook and all my Twitter people said Twitter. It was like really (laughs) – I've noticed that they're two totally groups, different groups of people, and they don't tend to cross over much. And that's probably good or they would never have time for anything else, right? So definitely – Check out Debbie's Twitter and Facebook. She does a lot of cool posts. And I believe you do some little cool um, photos with messages, yeah, on one of them or both of them. Do you do them on one or both? Yeah, that's uh, Zenitona, the Zenitona okay. site as well. But okay. everything everything is all interchangeable, so it can be found on any of the websites. Okay, the Zenitona.com? Yes. And if you uh, would like any more information on me or listen to more radio shows or information on my books, um, we have a free one today or I have a free one today again. It just happens to land on our radio shows. I actually don't plan that. So Keys to the Spirit World is free on Amazon right now. You just can type in my name or Keys to the Spirit World and you can get that. And if you want any more information, you can go to hawaiihealings.com. And until next time, we will see you later. All right, aloha. All righty. All right, take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.